Well, hey, Mountain, wherever you're tuning in from, a big welcome to you. It's good to be together today. I know we've got folks who are participating uh, online all around the state, all around the world. Uh, we've got folks who are, are physically at our campuses. I don't know if you know this. We regathered a couple of weeks ago, and it's been really fun uh, to be back together in person. I actually had the opportunity uh, just last week to kind of make the rounds and stop by different campuses and say hi to folks. And I saw some people I hadn't seen in a long time. It was really fun to catch up. Uh, to share stories, and I got to hear a little bit of their stories. And for people, we've kind of been all over the map here over the past year on how the past year has been for us. For some, it's been really, really hard. I heard that, that, you know, it's been really difficult, and they found themselves in this place of, of really feeling like they were disconnected from the church, disconnected uh, from, from the daily rhythms and habits of what it means to really walk and step with Christ. And for others, they were like, yeah, I know I just engaged through all these digital tools, and that made a big difference in my walk. Wherever you are, in whichever end of that spectrum you find yourself on spiritually, I hope you know that we can continue to find ourselves in sync and in rhythm with God. This series is for all of us, wherever we are on that spectrum. We've said, hey, let's not just go through COVID, but let's grow through COVID together. And that's what Wish You, is, Wish you Were Here was, is all about, this series. It reminds us that God is calling us all forward into some place. He's calling us all forward in our faith journeys. He's asking us all to take steps towards Christ. We believe that we can do that even in a season as difficult as COVID. And so we've been talking about some different aspects of our faith journey and our faith walk. Uh, we've talked about fasting. And I don't know about you all, but for fast, for fa fasting was really hard for me. I found that one really difficult. I, halfway through the day on Friday, I started to get straight up hangry. One day I was actually driving across Maryland. I had my son with me and he's in the passenger seat while I'm fasting. And he's sitting there with a box of Mike and Ikes. And like, I am a Mike and Ike fanatic, okay? And he's just sitting there, nom, 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 nom. hey dad, you want some? Like you little punk, get behind me, Satan, right? Like it, it was so hard to focus on it. But through that experience of fasting, I found myself, with a renewed awareness of God's steadfastness and his love for me. And we've talked about weekly worship, the thing that we're doing right now, making it a non-negotiable, a priority. We've talked about daily engagement with scripture, with the Bible, getting into God's word and allowing it to shape us. We've talked about connecting in relationships that are deeply meaningful. Iron sharpens iron, pouring ourselves out to somebody else and allowing them to do the same to us. We've talked about caring for those who are far from Christ, helping them to find the love of Christ through our love for them. And last week, we talked about having a big dream about how God's going to use us, his church, in the future. And these are important faith principles in every aspect of the series. You've, you've probably caught on. They're not just Sunday things or church service things. They are life things. You see, to walk with Christ, to grow closer to Jesus, it takes daily habits, rhythms, and strategies. Wish You Were Here is about growing more into Christ-likeness, as simple as that. It's about surrounding ourselves every single day with the principles and values of Jesus so that we can become more and more like him. Worship, read your Bible, fast, pray, create those habits and grooves in your brain. They're going to help you to put Christ-centered principles and values on display each and every single day of your life. It's about understanding the love of Christ and allowing it to permeate into every experience of 
our life. And all of this series has been leading to a moment, a moment we're going to get to today, a really important moment, something that I hope you'll comprehend, something that naturally comes out of us as an overflow of our lives when we're really walking in step with Jesus. I was talking to my buddy Corey about that this week. He's a pastor at another church, and he brought up this word conform. He's like, dude, that reminds me. Your series about living in sync with Jesus and step with Jesus reminds me about this word conform found in Romans chapter 8. It's this really cool and beautiful word. And it's found in Romans chapter 8. It says that we will be conformed into Christ's image, that our lives should conform to look like him. We also see that word used in 1 Peter and Romans 12, where it warns against conforming to patterns and things of the world. That word conform, we see it over and over again in scripture. We're to conform our lives, every single aspect, not just the Sunday part, into the likeness of Christ. And as we seek God, we're becoming more like him. And in the series, we've been saying that, like how do we live like and for Jesus in every single way in our lives, not just on Sunday? You know, the Apostle Paul, he, he's really working for this. We see it all throughout Scripture. It's a continual aspect of his writings where he says, I just want to be like Jesus. And in Philippians 3, he says, I want to know Christ. Yeah, really, to know him, to know the power of his resurrection, to participate in his sufferings, becoming like, that's that word conform again, becoming like him in his death. Paul, Paul says, I just want to know Jesus. I want to be conformed to him. I want to experience what he experienced, becoming like him in every single way, living a life of such beauty and sacrifice that maybe it would even lead to my death. After all, Jesus asked for that kind of commitment when he invites us to follow him. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says this. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple, they got to deny themselves, pick up their cross, and follow me. See, Paul's just trying to echo the words of Jesus. We're, we are to conform to Christ's likeness, to cleave to him, conforming wholly to his example, to be his disciple. See, it can no longer be about Jared's life. Oh, we're really giving all of our life to Christ. It's about Christ lived through me. And that word conform, okay, in Romans 8 and, and Philippians 3 and 1 Peter and, and Romans 12, it's such a powerful word. It's the word in the Greek, sumorphos. It's where our English word symphony comes from. And you know how that works, right? All these different instruments working in unison with one another. You got, you got the drums over here and the piano over here and the, the trumpet over here and the strings over here and all these, all these different instruments working together in unison to create something really beautiful. Check this out. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Check out this video. That's beautiful, isn't it? You have all of these different instruments working in harmony and sync to create such a beautiful sound. I know, I know you were singing wherever you're participating from. Dads, don't be too proud, okay? I know you were, let it go. Like, it just draws you in. 
You want to participate because it's so beautiful. You know, another way you can describe the word conform, it's like taking two pieces of clay, two individual pieces of clay and kneading them together until eventually they become one and you can't tell one from the other. It's kind of like this, okay? Well, let me maybe explain it to you this way. We have our faith and it looks like this, okay? We, we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus. We have our faith, and this piece of clay, it will represent that. By the way, my, my wife and daughter helped me make all these pieces, okay? So you're going to be impressed with the artwork. This is our faith here. And then we have all these other aspects of our life. We have maybe our hobbies, okay? We, we have sports. This is a basketball. I actually made this one, okay? We have, we have our hobbies. That's basketball. I like to go play basketball. We have our community. You know, you go out and you get a, a cup of hot cocoa or coffee with a friend and you hang out. You have people that you want to be with. You have a social life. We have our work. Check, this is detail work here. This was all my wife, okay? A little laptop representing our work, that aspect of our life. We have our family. All these little people representing our family. You have all these different aspects of your life. You have uh, your phone. I think a lot of us probably spend a lot of time on this. We've got the Facebook app pulled up. I know I see some people just kind of scroll in the Facebook app. We spend a lot of time here. This is a big part of our lives. We have, my daughter made this one, okay, our BFFs, our best friends, like our community, our people, the, the, the people we love to hang out with. We have our church, okay, and, and you'll notice that the, the church is over here and faith is there because sometimes we do get pretty good at separating these things out. The stuff I do at church doesn't always align with truly my faith. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're fully walking with Jesus. And we just have the time, the entire day that, that is before us. And you look at each of these people, these pieces, and one of the things I've realized is we have gotten really good in our culture about compartmentalizing our life. We have the faith aspect, and then we have the fun aspect. We have our work aspect, our church aspect, our, our friends, our family, our time, our, our cell phone. We compartmentalize these things. And we say, you know, I'll, I'll go do the church thing and I'll, I'll bring my faith there. And, and maybe I'll take it to my family and maybe I'll take it to my social gatherings. We have all these different aspects of our life. What Paul is telling us, what the Bible tells us over and over again, is that we're to conform all of us to Jesus. Not, not just one aspect, but all of us is to conform into his likeness, to live in concert with God, to live in full unity with the Holy Spirit. It's one life being fully lived in every aspect in Christ likeness to where eventually you get to the place where you can't tell this from that or this from that or this from that. You may have heard the Bible describe God as the potter and us as the clay. See, what, what Jesus asks of us when he calls us his disciple is to give all of our life to him. Not just one piece or two pieces, but all of it. And it leads to something very beautiful, something I don't want you to miss. Because what happens is when, when we take our faith and we say from now on, the rest of this life will be viewed through the lens of this faith. It looks like us taking something like our hobbies and they now conform to our faith. 
It looks like us taking our social life and taking it, and now our faith is at the center of that. And it looks like us taking our work, and our work is now wrapped around our faith as the centerpiece. And it looks like us taking our family, and our family now is seen through the lens of our faith. At the center of this is our faith. It looks like us taking this cell phone, this thing that consumes so much of our time, and allowing our faith to guide how we use it. It looks like our time no longer revolving around us, but instead around the principles of Jesus. It looks like our friendships being put on display in faith-like ways. It looks like our church being viewed not as something that we have to do, but something we get to do because we are people of faith. And we take these pieces and what the Lord does when we bring our whole life to him, he needs it together. My buddy Skip, he, he is a potter. He does pottery. He's really good at it. And one of the things I love about Skip, he's super humble. He would never tell you how good he is at it. But he told me, he said, basically what you do when, when, you're, when you're making pottery is you take all these pieces of clay and, and you wedge them together like this until eventually you can't tell one piece from the other. And then you throw it down on a potting wheel and you spin it and you mold it and you craft it into something beautiful. What I want us to realize today is that's exactly what God wants to do with our life. He wants to take every aspect of our life and look at it through the lens of our faith, the lens of Jesus, and allow that to shape and mold and conform us. What was once a bunch of pieces is now just one. It's been conformed. And when we do that, God says he will start to shape and to mold us inwardly, spiritually fashioning us into a vessel used for his purpose, molding us into the very image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are to become conformed to him and something really special will be created. Jesus wants to mold us. He wants to shape us. He wants to turn us into something special that can be used for his kingdom, for his purposes. If you watch my buddy Skip as he, as he molds the clay, he puts it on the table and it spins and it spins and it spins and he works it and he works it and he works it until eventually it creates something really, really beautiful. This is actually one of Skip's pieces here. It's this beautiful bowl, useful, crafted, carefully made with purpose. This is what God wants to do in us. He wants to take us and mold us and craft us. When we give him all of our life, he's got plenty to work with to make something really special and beautiful and useful. And so, so what does it look like to be made in his likeness? This is the punchline, okay? We took a long time to get there. So listen up, this is important. I don't want you to miss it. In Matthew 20, Jesus, it says Jesus called them together. So let this be a moment where he's like calling the huddle. He's calling us all together. And he says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, like they lord that over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. But not so with you. He's got us in the huddle. He's looking us in the face and he's saying, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. See, Jesus just chose to use 
the imagery of a servant and a slave. And in Jewish society, there were few positions lower than that. Yet he flips the script. And now he says, the slave and the servant is the one who will be made great. And he goes on to say this, don't miss it. For just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Becoming more like Jesus means taking our whole life, every single aspect of it, giving it to him and allowing him to mold us and transform us and conform us into his likeness. And he will make something beautiful to be used as a servant of Christ. What does it mean to be made transformed into his image, to be conformed to his image? It means to take on the image of a servant. It's the resounding gong that we hear in Scripture. Over and over again in Scripture, it's clear that if you are walking with Christ, if you have given your entire life to Christ, then the only natural outcome of that is one that is a life of servanthood. We're reminded of it in Ephesians 2. It says, for for grace, you've been saved. Like you you have given your life to Christ, all of it, and now he is going to transform you. And it goes on to say this, you've been saved not by work so that no one can boast because we now are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Or you look at Romans 12, which talks about a life of action, love and action, what it looks like to be a part of the church, a part of the body. We all have a part to play. Or, you know, like the first commandment is to love God. The second one is to love people. And how do we really love people? Well, we serve them. Or you can look at what 1 Peter 4 says. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. And don't miss this. That's what faithful stewards of God's grace do. God is transforming us. He's conforming us. He's molding us into something beautiful, something useful. And as you live your whole life for Christ, as you take each of those aspects and you say they will all be viewed through the lens of the cross, the lens of my faith, what God says is I am going to take that and I am going to craft something beautiful out of you. He is the potter and we are the clay and he is doing a marvelous work in our lives. To walk with Christ means to be fully devoted to him, being like him, living a life that puts him on display. It's a life of sacrifice, a life of servanthood, a life of caring for others in the church, outside of the church. When you see somebody in need, Christ followers, they step up, they show up, and they show off Jesus. Now, I've learned a lot this week just preparing for this message. It kind of feels like those are the ways that God sometimes gets me. It's like, hey, uh, conviction time as you prepare for this sermon. I-, I want you to hear it, Jared. Don't miss this. And as I started to prepare for this sermon, it was very clear that God had something to tell me. Because I, I got to tell you, it's really easy for me to become legalistic about these things and just check the box. Like It's easy to say, you know what? Yeah, I checked the box of serving this week. 
I took care of it. I mean, after all, I work for a church. Like how easy is that to check the box? Big whoop, right? That's what God said to me this week. Convicted me to say, you know what? You're taking the easy way out. No, serving isn't just when it's convenient for you. Don't, don't ever feel that way. Don't just check the box and say, you know what? I did it. It fit around my schedule. No, no, serving isn't about convenience. It's about sacrifice. Let me read these words back to you again. It says, the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That word ransom tells us something. It's not about convenience. It's about sacrifice. It's about giving all of my life to Christ. It's not about whether or not serving fits into my schedule. It's working my schedule around it. It's not about whether or not I want to show up for that person in need. It's saying, how fast can I get there? You've been given a gift. God is molding you into something special. You have a gift to give to his kingdom. And we're called to live that out, to be good stewards of it, and to live a life that would reflect Jesus. You know, this reminds me of my buddy Tom. Several times throughout COVID, uh, somebody would have been in need. Maybe they need their lawn mowed or they need somebody to pick up groceries for them or whatever. Tom never once said no. That email would come through and say, I got it. I mean, Tom put a lot of, lot of miles on that tractor. It reminds me of my buddy Jim. I, I saw Jim just this past week. We were grabbing breakfast and he was there and he came over. I was like, hey, hey Jim, what are you doing next? I'm going to go install a handrail on a, on a buddy's uh, uh, steps. He just had knee surgery and I figured that could be helpful. That, that's what it looks like to use what God has given us in some way that's going to make a difference in the world. You know, just recently, my wife and I, we moved to a new house. And I was so blessed when a whole bunch of people showed up just to help us get unpacked. You know, it looks like Kristen. Kristen and her family, they, they renovated their basement, tried to create a really awesome family room with a couch and a TV and a place to play games and hang out. About the time they finished that renovation, they moved all of that stuff out and they moved a bed in for a teenage girl who needed a place to stay who was on the streets. It wasn't convenient at all. It took sacrifice. But that's what they could do to make a difference in the world. You know, it looks like serving in kids' ministry. You know, holding a baby or teaching large group. It looks like holding a door at one of our campuses so that someone can come in and, and see a smiling face behind a mask. It looks like serving on the worship team. I got to tell you, all, I don't know how to play drums. I'm so glad somebody does. Somebody has that gift. And it might not be convenient to be at church all day long playing drums over and over and over again, but it sure does serve a purpose that is transforming lives. It looks like second Saturday serve. It looks like mission trips. Friends, there are so many ways to get plugged into this community so that every time somebody walks through the doors of one of our campuses or participates in our online venue, they hear the music of Christ's body playing this beautiful song of redemption and grace and the love of Christ. What gift do you have? Because what God says, I want to take your whole life and I want to conform it into my image and leverage your gifts to create something beautiful and useful and put it on display in this world.
Honestly, there, there's so many ways for us to serve people. I'm sure you're thinking of a ton, but just practically thinking, thinking about our campuses. There's never been a time with more opportunity to step up and serve as people are making their way back to in-person worship. Maybe you can participate in kids' ministry or welcome ministry, worship, students, the many ways to get plugged in, the chat for our digital community. What I do know, if you're being formed into Christ's likeness, then you're being formed into a servant. And it's time to get our hands dirty. You know, one really easy way, one practical takeaway, all of us have access to this commitment card at our campuses. It's in the seat back pocket in front of you for participating online. You can just scan that QR code, this commitment card. It's just a really tangible, easy way for us to get in the game, to say, you know, I'm going to put Christ on display. I'm going to allow him to have all of my life and, and conform me and shape me and mold me into something that can make a difference in this world. And so on this commitment card, it's Engage 2021. It's how we're going to step up in the year to come. And on one side, you say, I'm going I'm to pick a campus to serve at. I don't know if you all know this, but we have a, we have a campus that's opening soon on Easter, the Aberdeen campus. Woohoo! Yeah, let's celebrate that. Well, some of us are going to make our move to Aberdeen. That's where we live. That's where we should worship and serve. And if you're moving to Aberdeen, just put that on this card. Or if you're going to stay put at a campus or, or you're worshiping online, put that on this card. And then when you flip it over, it gives you all these easy, tangible steps by which you can serve. You say, I want to work in Mountain Kids or Mountain Students or worship, welcome groups over at the Epicenter. And then there's an opportunity for us to say, hey, hey God, how do you want to use my finances, my resources? I'm dreaming about how God is going to use me financially in the year to come. And of course, there's a box to say, hey, here's who I'm praying sees Jesus through my conformed life. This commitment card is just one easy, tangible way to participate. I encourage everybody, make sure you fill one out. Make sure you use that card. Let's show up and let's show off Jesus in some big ways this year. Get plugged in at your campus, but don't be limited by that card. One of the saddest things in the world to me would be if, if we got legalistic and we checked the box, I'm going to serve mountain kids, that's enough. No, no, remember what Jesus said. The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So each and every single day, take every aspect of your life, give it to Christ and allow him to conform you into his image and he will shape and mold something beautiful, a vessel to be used by him and for him in this world. And remember that the way we're good stewards of our grace that we find in Jesus is by using whatever gifts God has given us, however he's molding us and transforming us to serve others. Maybe let's get real practical here. I'd, I'd like to take the last few minutes we have and just introduce you to somebody. This is my friend, Brian. Brian, come on, come on over, man. Join me. It's fun to hang out with everybody. Brian Hancock. How Don't leave me hanging. All right, How there we going? go. Uh, Brian, uh, you might not know this yet. He actually works at Mountain at our soon-to-be Aberdeen campus. Whoop, whoop. You of pumped course. for that? Oh, I am ready to go. You're excited? Man. Excited. All right, me too, man. I, I can't wait. Uh, one of the things I love about Brian and one of the reasons I wanted to introduce him to you is because Brian is a servant. It's one of the things I know about him. Over and over again, when I hear about Brian, he's a guy who's constantly pouring himself out. And as we've gotten to know each other, I found out that this, this is like a lifelong journey for him. 
the Lord's been instilling these principles within him for a long time. It started when you were a kid. Yeah. Your family is pretty involved in church. Yeah. This is a big, big part of your life growing up. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, my family and church, we go way back. Like, uh, church is like the backbone of what we do. Not just a Sunday thing, but like an all-week thing, right? So Monday is like, uh, you know, making programs. Tuesday's usher committee. Friday's uh, women's committee. Like, you know, it was like an all-week thing. It was just, wasn't just a Sunday thing. It was... It started way early, started early in the day, and ended late at night. It was, a, it was an all-week thing. But so, so growing up, you just knew. Your parents said, hey, yeah. we're going to serve. It, it just, this well, is what we're going to do. Serving was just part of what we did. Yeah. All right. Well, eventually you grew up. Looks like you're still owning that a little bit, like yeah. you're still serving. Uh, one of the things I've grown to love about Brian, he's told me, uh, he had some very specific gifts that the Lord has given him. Yeah. You know, we're supposed to use our gifts to serve others, to be a good steward of God's grace. And you were able to do that. Uh, at a church that you went to uh, a few years back, yeah. you were able to participate in some really significant and important ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so my career was in finance uh, and also in business management, business operations. Um, and we always didn't have a, a, a ton to give, but um, what, I, what we could give was of our talent and of our, of our time. And what was great was that I raised my hand and was like, hey, listen, these, this is kind of where, I, you know, I'm not an expert, but I'm good at these type things. If you guys need any help, and they jumped right in. No, 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 no. If you can do those things, let's put you to work. And went right to work in finance and, and business operations, helping the church organize things, get things settled. Uh, it was a great fit. It was a great fit. So you were able to take a very specific skill that the Lord had given you. Mm-hmm. and leverage it for the greater good of the church. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's all, it wasn't just like uh, the kids' ministry or student ministry or worship. Those are all important things, but there's something kind of specialized. And you say, right. yeah, I can do this. Right, right, right. I mean, and what I have to say is, is that, you know, it, it came second nature because it was something that I was already doing. So it was a great place to start to start giving right away. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, well, uh, I know you love to serve in the church. You served in that church for a long time, uh, but you also understand how important it is to serve the community, to be plugged in outside of uh, maybe the church walls, if Mm -hmm. you will, and actually Mm -hmm. be in the community doing good in the name of Jesus. And I I don't want to like brag on Brian too much. He's a pretty okay basketball player, okay? Uh, I've gotten to know that. I'm just kidding. I play with Brian all the time. He's killer. I mean, you got to be a good basketball player if you're wearing those shoes, okay? Uh, Brian's a great basketball player, but he loves basketball. You've been able to use that in some really important ways. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just love basketball. So wherever there's a need for any type of sports or anything like that, especially in basketball, I have no problem raising my hand and jumping right in. I love being part of the students, love being part of kids, love being part of families and helping with sports and sports ministry. Um, and had an opportunity to do that in Baltimore City and, and out here in Falston with my kids. So uh, I've used basketball as a tool just to kind of get into the community and, and spread the love of Jesus. Yeah, yeah and I, I love that because we talk around here about how when we give of ourselves, when we serve, it's the intersection of like the stuff that we love and we're good at and the passions that God has mm-hmm. given us and then the yeah. need and the community. And the center of that is the sweet spot. And that's, that's what you found. Right. And I think for a lot of us, we'll oftentimes uh, even compartmentalize that and say, you know, I'm going to go serve in my kid's basketball league. But when we do that through the lens of our faith. We know that God will use that in significant ways to bring glory to himself. Right. That's and good. that's what you've been able to do. Yeah. That's All right. Good. That's good. Well, now you're here. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, you, you're, at, you're at Mountain. I know there's a whole story there uh, on how the Lord brought you all to Mountain uh, through some transition. And we won't get into all of that right now. But I want you to tell me, like, your, your first experience <laughs> at Mountain. What was that like? My first experience at Mountain. So, yeah, we hop in the truck and we're on our way to Mountain. And going down 152, we make the right. Now, of course, there's the cop entrance there. It's always intimidating. We make that right into 152. There's a big sign that says, turn on your flashes if you're new. And immediately that fear, you know, goes through the car. Nobody wants to be the new people with the flashes on. But we did. Uh, we were obedient. We turned our flashes on and uh, parked. And someone came right out the door, walked us right in. And that was really important for me and my family because it made a very big space seem really small. Mm -hmm. It turned a very big mm -hmm. church into a very small place, made it personal. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome because we came in and then they walked my family to the new here spot, a new here uh, location, and they, they got mugs and gifts and things like that. It was really, really cool. Uh, and then uh, they walked me to this guy named Ben. Um, of course, new first time here. I didn't know who Ben was. Uh, we had a great conversation, uh, lasted a little bit, and then we went into service and we sat down and uh, lo and behold, Ben Kacharis comes out and I'm elbowing my wife going, guess what? I just talked to that guy. <laughs> I just talked to that guy. It, it just made us feel really welcome, made us feel like we were home. And you, you guys hopped in and started serving pretty quickly? Yeah, we wasted no time. Uh, joined uh, Kids Welcome, Kids Ministry right away, started serving with the kiddos. Definitely a passion for my wife. Uh, and I've already said, definitely a passion for me as well. Um, and from there, went to Welcome to Mountain. And uh, Welcome to Mountain's a great place. If you haven't been, plug for Welcome to Mountain. Uh, Welcome to Mountain, you can learn all kinds of things. And we were there and... Uh, this was the first time I met the Machado family, Luis Machado. Luis Machado. Who, who is, for those who don't know, who is Luis Machado? Luis Machado is the lead campus pastor at the Aberdeen campus, yeah. which will be opening here shortly. Yeah. Oh, good plug there. Okay. So, so you guys <laughs> met back then at Welcome to Mountain, formed a friendship. Formed and, a friendship, yeah. And you kept serving in all sorts of ways. Kept serving. Um, yeah. I mean, from there, we served at the, uh, the sports ministry here, uh, served at food giveaway. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but wherever we could, we plugged in right away. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And now, obviously, uh, you're on our staff team. So mm -hmm. some, something has changed. And, and maybe if I can't just brag on you, I know Brian's super humble dude. I'm going to brag on him a little bit because here's what it looked like for you to come on our staff, right? We, we talk about how uh, serving requires sacrifice. It's not about convenience, it's about sacrifice. Right. And uh, Brian, you took uh, a cut in hours, a cut in pay to probably work more <laughs> as our discipleship pastor, yeah. leading our group stuff at our soon-to-be Aberdeen campus. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the Lord been doing in your life, man? Why? Man, you know, over time, it, it really did feel like uh, God was pulling on me, tugging on me, uh, needing on me, molding this person that you see today. It, did, it took some time, but what was really uh, important for me was it was an opportunity to, in an intersection where I got to do what I loved with the people that I love to do it with. And mm -hmm. I just couldn't let that opportunity pass. Mm -hmm. I just, it was the first time in my life that they intersected. And I looked at my wife and was like, man, I, you know, I think God's asking me to do this. And I, I think, uh, yeah, I think I'm in a place where I want to, I want to pursue this. And uh, if you had asked me a, a year or two ago, would I be serving in this way? I'd be like, heck no. Heck no. <laughs> but here I am here at Mountain. That's cool, man. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. I, I know, um, some of us were, were hesitant to take that first step yeah. of serving, knowing that, yeah, I want to give all my life to Jesus, and he's going to conform us and mold us into something beautiful to be used. Uh, you've got one bit of advice for, for our church who's saying, like, what's my next step? Some encouragement to really jump in and say, you know what? If I am walking with Jesus, then the only natural overflow of that 
mm-hmm. is to serve. Mm-hmm. It is to serve. Mm-hmm. In some capacity, whether it's in my neighborhood, my church, every opportunity that arises, you got a little, one, one parting shot, one little bit of advice, what would you say? I would say that you should take whatever it is that you love and serve it and begin to give it. Whatever that thing is, whether it's big, whether it's little, whether it's large, whether it's small, it doesn't matter. Plug in, start somewhere, and start serving. I love it, man. I love it. That's what we all need to do. We need to fully give ourselves to Christ and allow him to, to conform us and mold us, and he, he's going to show up, and he's going to use us in important ways. Yeah. What's your step? What's your next step? Whatever it is, just go for it. Let's pray together. God, we, we give you praise for your love for us. God, we're just so grateful for the grace that you give and the sacrifice that you've made. And God, we're reminded time and time again that your love for us was put on display through an act of servanthood, laying down your life for us. And so God, as we approach you each and every single day with with our breath, with our life, God, continue to conform us, transform us, mold us. You are the potter and we are the clay. Make us into your vessel, useful, useful, ready to serve you. Ready to bring life change to this world as people see you on display through our servanthood. Jesus, we love you. Amen.